0: Hey, this is Jaylen Warner and you're listening to the Rebel Base Pot. Re-
1: ah, Rebel Base card. It's not as easy That's, as it looks, is it? I know it's
0: not. <laughs> Let's do that again.
1: Oh, I'm keeping this one. Oh. <laughs> this is a, yeah. Let's go. It's time once again. The Bad Batch is back. It is time for a new era. Season 2 of The Bad Batch is here and it's time to join us for some breakfast and questions. Clearly, you're not paying attention to what's happening out there. And yes, of course. I can't ask all these questions by myself. That's why I need some help. We'll take all the allies we can get. Hello there. This is Greg Cass at Ion Cannon. We ask Bad Batch questions we hope somebody else answers. There are others out there who need our help. So set an extra place at the table and get set for Batch for Breakfast, a Rebel Base Card micro podcast series. Let's get to work. A returning Star Wars Bad Batch podcast that asks more questions than it answers. Today we are asking questions on Bad Batch Season 2, Episode 6, Tribe, which premiered on Disney Plus on Wednesday, February 1st. My schedule with co-host Gregory Cass from Ion Cannon was interrupted this week, but Colby Mead answered the distress signal and was able to join me in on this episode. Colby is no stranger to the podcast and host of his own, The Colby Cast which review Star Wars in all manner of programs. Colby, I want to thank you for joining me for breakfast, and how are
0: you doing? Greg, it is always a pleasure, and I'm doing just fine and dandy. Thank you for asking.
1: I like it. I like it when it's both fine and dandy. That's, that's the trick. <laughs> sometimes you're just fine, sometimes... Anyway, that's that's that's, another, that's a story for another time. All right, this is an insert series podcast in the regular feed where Colby and I are going to trade questions of each other that we have not talked about before. Today would have been a neat trick considering we're recording on the day it was released. Uh, There is, of course, a chance, though, we could take another's question. Since we are, though, talking about a current series of Star Wars, if you haven't seen the episode that we're talking about, this is your only warning that there will be spoilers for this show. If you haven't watched it yet, we both invite you to please come back and listen after you've watched. For this contest of questions, there are no points, bonuses, or lightning rounds. But there is the Greggs list, which is a selection of podcasts and other assorted media we ingested between shows to see if they've answered any of our questions and then some. It's also one of my favorite parts of the show as it highlights just some of the amazing work being done out there in the community. We hope you check out some or all and maybe find a new content creator that you like and want to support. Colby, since you are the guest this week, um, I know you've been making shows left and right. But have you had a chance to listen to any podcast, read up anything? And who would you like to maybe just give a shout out to
0: either way? Well, aren't we fortunate with all the great content creators that are out there that we can week after week on your show, you can continue to bring up. All this wonderful content that people are putting out it's just a wonderful community that people are building and have built and i am glad to share a couple of my favorites and of course dan zare coffee with kenobi he is the standard right he is the bar that yeah. we all uh, try to attain uh, so i would be remiss not to mention his wonderful show um uh, as well as our good friend jen bankard and the long take i Look at my inbox and my Gmail, like a hawk waiting for those emails to show up. Not only is the content fantastic, just consistently, but it's so great that it's emailed right to you. You don't have to click on a favorite. You don't have to go looking for a tweet. It's just it just shows up in your e- e- email inbox. And her standard of writing and her point, the points she brings up and the quality of of crit- positive criticism uh, is just, excellent something i look forward to all the time and the last one that i'll share is one that i don't hear a ton of love given out to but i have so much respect for this person and that's alan voivod it's uh star wars seven by seven i believe he's the only person that has a daily star wars podcast wow Where this person puts out quality seven to ten minute episodes every single day and it's always about star wars and i Have a ton of respect for the job that he does and just the ability to find something interesting and engaging to share with Star Wars fans on a literally daily basis where it's seven days a week. So if you haven't listened to him, check him out because he does a great job.
1: That is an awesome take. And, you know, we were talking, I was just talking before about how you've been kind of trying to get you know to incorporate some of these other shows you know uh, to the point where i think one episode i was listening during a workout you i think you were doing last of us and then you did the ba- you, know, you did the bad batch but i i really yeah. liked how you were like all right if you haven't caught up with this one you know go forward and that's exactly what i did because i hadn't had watched that episode yet and so i was like okay i'm going to sneak forward and catch the bad batch part of this and i can go back and listen to the other part later but you know You know, it's funny. We were kind of making making fun the last time I think we went around where you were doing some of the Marvel shows, and so it's just like, you know, can you give me an idea of what you're kind of looking for in a show that you want to talk about?
0: Oh, that's a really good question, and I have me myself and I personally, (laughs) um, I just have such a a wide variety and always have i think that's a product of being an 80s kids an 80s kid because you go home from school and you would watch the transformers and then gi joe comes along and then you know at that night you've got your sitcoms your family ties and your a team obviously not a sitcom but a wide range of things there's just so much going on in the 80s and i grew up on that i was in a movie theater all the time and one week it would be you know nightmare on elm street then that week next week it would be et you know maybe not you know i didn't watch nightmare on elm street when i was seven no i didn't do that (laughs) but um i love storytelling and that's really what it comes down to for me and whether it's uh, on the page or it's on a comic page or it's being shown to us through a streaming show or a movie even music it just all really it really interests me. So, what I look for is something that I can take away, something that can change me, even if it's just the slightest, slightest bit. If it, if I can learn something from it, or if it can engage with me emotionally and and make me feel something, um, music has a lot to do with that. That's why I love John John Williams, right? Mm. Um, so, really, it's it's can I learn something from this? Can I be improved in some way, shape, or form, even if it's just the smallest minute thing that's something that I appreciate and and, and enjoy um, so whether it's a a born supremacy movie or a Lord of the Rings movie you know it, I don't really gravitate one way or another to anything specific it's just something that's engaging something that can uh, make you feel a certain way and something that stays with you that's really what I'm looking for
1: I love it I love it um, and that in your, you know, the Colby cast is just one of um, a lot of shows uh, this week. Uh, I'm just going to highlight the Cantina cast. Uh, they're always, you know, Albert and Jonesy are always doing a nice deep dive as well. And they have a great community over there as well. Um, on the Star Wars Reactions podcast, and, you know, as I'm recording this, I'm still editing uh, some of the audio from the Central Florida Comic Con show that that I record some of it down there. Um, reactions, Aaron had uh, Becca Benjamin from katana's castle and tarkin's top shelf they did a very nice job on this last episode entombed and uh, check it out if you get a chance Um, rebel force radio i was very surprised how positive they were On these last couple of bad batches, you know, sometimes when people kind of put out the F word, you know, you know what I'm talking about, filler. Um, But they seem to kind of, you know, like, they're hip to it, uh, like a lot of folks have been. I really kind of enjoyed, you know, everybody's kind of take going, hey, look, there's stuff that's happening in these episodes. And, you know, it's pay attention because they're, they're giving you stuff and there's a reason for all of it being out there. A lot of people are not just being paid to make just, you know, random stuff especially tonight when you kind of look at it things are happening the krypton to alderon uh podcast which i've been listening to we've been kind of trading shout outs back and forth uh it's a nice upbeat podcast great uh theme song i wish i was that skilled in garage band to kind of put my intros together like them uh, but they're always kind of fun to listen to and of course you had mentioned uh jen banker or sapchak chai um one thing that she also does is she lends some of that great verbiage over to Fanta tracks. And so each week when they do the reviews on the Bad batch, they kind of have a collection of folks, Mark Newbold. Uh, some other folks as well. I know Ross has gotten in on that, Daniel Lowe at times. Uh, So it's kind of like mixing up. So they take like a a slightly edited version of of her uh, long take and put it in there. So it's really great to see her in different places. And I'm going to do a shout out for the Substack app, which is nice. And I used it uh, when I was traveling because that way you could kind of download it almost kind of like a, you know, RSS type reader and have some of that kind of Collected in all in one place, and it's a nice app, and you can kind of read through. Uh, there's a couple I've been experimenting with, and it's a really nice place to kind of, especially, you know, a lot of times you're trying to go back in that email, and you're like, uh, where's it at? And you're trying to scroll through it. You're trying to mark it. Uh, the Substack app is uh, very nice. All righty. So let's go ahead and get started with our questions tonight. There's not not a huge list that I had, but there was a couple things I was super curious on your take. And since, Colby, you are the guest tonight, I'm going to let you go first.
0: I am going to swing for the fences here, Greg, because this is something you're right. This is I loved the episode. If I just give a quick general thought, and I am also of the same mind as you. I don't like that F word. Uh, Caleb and I, my son Caleb and my uh, younger son Luke, we we are the trio on the Colby cast where we talk about all these crazy things. And we had a really, really good discussion last week about... That f-word filler, right? And I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe in it. I don't think it exists, at least from what I've seen in Star Wars animation. I, maybe in other things, we won't get into. But um, I adore these types of episodes where we're getting there's there's something there in every episode, and probably more than something. And this one is no different. Tribe brought the goods, uh, so I really enjoyed it. But I had this thought as i was watching it and i don't know that i've ever actually expressed this verbally anywhere even not when there's a microphone in my in my face (laughs) but i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you this and here it goes is omega force sensitive Mm. she just seems and i love omega if you've heard me talk about this show at all i love the show and i love omega it seems week after week, especially now in the second season that she just picks up on things that no one else picks up on. I've always called it just an intuitiveness. She's always been so intuitive mm-hmm. and mature and intelligent, but she was sitting on the ramp of the Marauder today. while you no know, today I'm saying, cause we watched it today <laughs> while wrecker and Hunter t- went off to go deliver their, their, uh, oh and it was tech as well the uh, the chain codes these forgeries that they were delivering um and it was her and echo just hanging out by the marauder and she just said to him something's off about this place and next thing you know she's boop up on and off and next thing you know she's finding the um the, the fun character that we'll get to i'm sure in a second but it just like... seems something strong something strong going on in her is she force sensitive
1: you know, and I know that that's come up before, and I'm going to still stick to my guns that because the Bad Batch were enhanced clones, I, I do think that she has a little bit of everything in her, not only because she's closer to the source material, but, you know, even going back to the original introduction of the Bad Batch where they said, you know, um, was it the type of mutations? Was it, you know, oh, it's 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 a word they taught, like, good mutations. And so I do think that she's been augmented like the clones were, but she may have a better collection of them. And like I said, she's closer to the force. uh, She's closer to the source material. Uh, You kind of danced around a couple of questions. I'm going to hold back because there's some of that I want to get into Uh, because especially in a show that, you know, uh, up until today didn't really have any Jedi. Everyone's kind of looking to see, you know, what little bits and pieces are out there and you know we've kind of talked before about the fact that everybody has a little force sensitivity in them it's just that the chlorian count can be up or down so it definitely probably sure. has some chlorians in you know i always kind of go back to the cheer at Mway. i think if you are tuned in you can tap into it just a little bit or at least you know you see it's there but not everybody is you know running around you know jumping and uh you know, kind of doing the Yoda stuff. So I'm going to say, I don't think so. I just think she's more enhanced. Um, but yes, I, you know, anyway, I'll, I'll get to that. When I want to get to my question as far as that you'll see where this is leading into, but I'm just going to say no at this time, but I am curious. What do you think?
0: I'm happy either way. First and foremost, um, I just, I sort of just, love the force the jedi are my favorite thing about star wars and i love a lot of things about star wars but my ears perk up my eyes perk up every time there's a laser sword on the screen which was <laughs> so it was a, a nice treat this uh for this episode with uh okay i'll just say his name gunji with go. our our lovely little call back to the clone wars which is another reason why i just love this show um Uh, I I could see it going either way and for everything you just said very valid point She is enhanced in one way shape or form, but doesn't mean that she uh, You know has the abilities that a jedi would have or even a sith because you're right uh, The force is in in all living things, right? We've been taught that since we were you and I were boys, (laughs) right? (laughs) So why not in omega as well and maybe? I wonder, uh, it would be an interesting thing if her abilities were enhanced and almost like in a pure way because she doesn't have any of the extra growth um, enhancements that other clones because they have to grow so quickly. You know, she's, um, she's, she's more of a pure vintage type of uh, uh recipe maybe uh, I, I hate to say it that way but um, i could see could see it going either way and i don't really don't care to be quite honest but right. it just seems like every single episode she's got either that or it's just a very good plot device where they keep the plot moving forward because oh omega just caught on to something again let's go <laughs> she even told one of them at one point she's like come on let's go like you don't even have a choice in this i'm telling you do it let's do it
1: and, you know, if if you're playing a little inside baseball, I don't think the writers and, you know, show producers mind the the fact that we're not necessarily sure or not. You know, I think everybody's yeah. got their Jedi radar on and they're just kind of waiting to see. Uh, so I, I do like that there's still that air of mystery, although in some cases, you know, you're just like uh, at some point I really want to start seeing all these seeds kind of start growing some fruit. So. You know, sure. Yep. But what I would say to kind of tie into my question, this is my first one: um, How not surprised were you as a parent to see Omega completely disregard Hunter's instructions and stay with the ship? You know, you had to go like, <laughs> "Yep, I've seen my, I've seen my kids do that all the time. Please stay here." And just goes off on a flash. You, you probably were just going, "Yep." <laughs>
0: absolutely and i've always ascribed to the idea that kids learn by watching not listening (laughs) they look for that example and i mean if she sees hunter going off and doing what hunter does all the time or her big brother wrecker or any of the any of the other ones to be quite honest she's just gonna follow their example so you can tell her all day and how many times have we seen hunter say stay with the ship (laughs) nope Nope. (laughs) yeah not surprised not surprised
1: I I wish, you know, I had to go look up you know, the Vanguard Axis afterwards. You know, this is something, you know, you know, when you don't when you don't have uh Greg Cass around who has, you know, the 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 the, the library of, you know, the library of um Boston uh in his in his uh man cave down there. You know, I was kind of wondering, <laughs> but I was surprised and maybe you were surprised. Were you surprised that This is the first appearance of the Vanguard Axis. And do me a favor before we kind of go to your next question. Um, What were your kind of thoughts as far as the type of environment and kind of crew that they were? I am kind of curious.
0: Well, first I was struck by how closely related visually they look like L337, which I love. I love love that droid from Solo. She's wonderful. So they had a lot of similarities. The head. Was, uh, was quite similar, but the body was quite different. Because I, rem- as I remember L3, she did a lot of sort of wobbling. She didn't seem like the sturdiest <laughs> droid out there. And I even have an action figure and a Funko Pop that I was looking at as I was watching the episode. And their feet and their torso seemed like they're just a lot more um, reliable than hers. But that head is uh, right off the bat, I thought, um, I thought of her. Now, the Vanguard Axis... I had to tell you, I was unfamiliar with up until this point. I, I I don't even, and I have to tell you as well, I thought of Doctor Cass and thought to myself, "Wow, <laughs> it would be nice if he were a part of this conversation because I have some questions that he could answer." And I just didn't uh, Wikipedia it or Google it, so it'll have to be another time. But uh, I I loved their design. I don't, I'm not familiar with them, but they do seem formidable. I mean, they were trafficking it. A living creature and that should tell you a lot and they're dealing in counterfeit or forged chain codes which should also tell you uh, the the level of danger that they're dealing with
1: and they seem to be the type that not to be trifled with and that that ship or that you know that area that they were in was huge Uh, and but you know it's nice when um, Batch can you know it's nice when they delve into canon or even legends, but it's even nicer when they introduce us to something It's kind of like what we saw last week with Entombed, where you got to see you know um you know, like an ancient race and uh, the big you know mecca mecha Godzilla type or the mecha Roomba, as I like to call it uh, <laughs> all right, Colby, I am kind of curious where you're going with your next question.
0: um so. They made a reference once they left. they was, you know, their their cool action scene. We get to see the the lightsaber in action, which is always fun. Uh, they get on the Marauder and they're off, right? They've all decided, okay, mm-hmm. we're going to try to get this this little guy to um, to his home world. And Wrecker says something like, "Oh Kashyyyk, uh, I can't remember exactly the words he used, but we haven't been there in forever or something." To do that, he made reference to the fact that they had been to Kashyyyk before. And that just immediately uh, piqued my curiosity. Okay, what were you guys doing on Kashyyyk? What was that about? When was that? And I immediately just sort of floated back into Revenge of the Sith when there was just obviously thousands of clones and a massive battle going on uh, in those scenes. And hey, were they there in Episode 3? Were they there during that... That um, that skirmish uh, where you know Order sixty six literally happened in front of our eyes, right, with Yoda being there. So could they have been there during um, Episode three, or if not, what were they doing on Kashyyyk? I just one other thing that Star Wars does so well is just drops these little one line things that could turn into a fantastic story somewhere down the road, and it just really got me going. They would have had to have been there
1: before Order 66, because at the beginning of the Bad Batch, they were, they showed that flashback with Kanan and uh, Master Deba Balaba. Uh, so they were, they were there. But yes, um, going back to Kashyyyk, it fascinated me because you're like, well, isn't, wouldn't the Empire, you know, already kind of be there doing it as we, you know, as we kind of see yes and no. But I would have loved to have seen a Clone Wars mission (laughs) episode where they were on there maybe doing some covert stuff as, you know, maybe it was getting in preparation for the battle. Maybe they were doing some intel to try to see, you know, because obviously when we get to when we see Kashyyyk and Revenge of the Sith, they are waiting for that, you know, big battle and all that kind of stuff. And everybody's set up. But, you know, maybe the batch was there a little bit beforehand, kind of helping them get ready. Um, And I love these little hints. Um, I, I think even going to Kashyyyk really—it it was fascinating to me because I was—I wasn't really expecting it. You know, yes, I saw you know Gunji, but it was amazing. I think we got so much more into Kashik, and you know, clearly, I think we saw some some new stuff today or in the, in this episode. That was really kind of neat and, you know, not since maybe the holiday special. Have we have we spent this much time in in, uh, Kashyyyk and and the Wookiee culture? (laughs) Uh, There's there's a throwback. Yeah. For those of you who saw the holiday special, see, there you go. Now, you finally it finally pays off. It just took a
0: while. A hundred points, a hundred <laughs> points to you, sir, for making a reference and working into uh, the holiday special. Anytime you can do that is a wonderful I'm, thing. I'm
1: crossing myself. May the Lord I'm myself.
0: Um, <laughs> All right. <laughs> but yeah, that's
1: that's where I was kind of thinking about that. But, you know, I, I it was kind of interesting. You know, they were and, and even Hunter's saying, you know, my Wookiee is a little rusty. And I, I just I like the fact that they were already there. They had already been there, so they were already kind of immersed a little bit in the culture, and they kind of knew what was going on. Um, from an efficiency standpoint, it kind of made it easy because that way you didn't yep. have to kind of waste time. You can kind of get into the good stuff, which I thought this episode really did kind of like move along at a pretty good pace. You know, we you mm-hmm. did get to see things. There was some pauses, but it was like boom, boom, boom um, at any rate. Very much so.
0: Yep, yeah, very much so uh the, the you bring up a good point with the the familiarity with uh, wookie culture kashik because every single time i see any type of wookie and any kind of star wars i always wonder how are they going to translate it for us this time right mm-hmm. because through the early years we had han doing it for us and such a marvelous job that he did uh, but every other time uh, we see it. I always wonder how is this going to work, and I thought they did it very effectively because they didn't just let Hunter take the the brunt of it, of course, because Tech has his ma- his magic glasses that come down and can translate anything he needs. Uh, and I l- liked how they um, how they worked that Hunter aspect of uh, n- not being up on his Wookie, which is not even the <laughs> language they speak. But <laughs> so well done on that.
1: Yes. Um. What was it? Uh wook or something sherry like. wook i believe thank you yeah i was sitting there like i don't know if i've ever heard i mean it, it something else i'll have to wikipedia or have someone go into uh but i i did like that and i'm like oh yeah i guess you know they would have a name for it too it's like you know we consider you know wookie as in like a catch-all phrase but in in, in which case you know there's just these little hints uh which kind of let me sneak into this uh because this ties back into a question that you had earlier you know you were talking about omega being force sensitive when i looked at yana who by the way i want to say um if i looked at oh and i wrote this down um when i was looking at the voice list i want to say shelby young was
0: doing the voice of yana um it, there was, that escapes me. I went to look at it, but I do not recall what wh- who voiced her.
1: I I had all this. I had this written down, and then I did it on a Post-it notes instead of instead of that. But I was curious. Did you
0: think uh, Yana was a little force sensitive? I could absolutely get behind that because she definitely has some type of mysticism going on around her. I mean, she communicated with trees. <laughs> mm-hmm. which i thought was a fun fun little uh, detail that they put in there very lord of the rings or very narnia about the whole community kidding with the trees with the plan uh but yeah i i could totally see it and why not i mean there's so many wookies out there one of the things i loved about the clone wars is how many non-human characters it would constantly mm-hmm. use and we get the same with the bad batch we also got it with rebels too um so you know I, I i thought back to the gathering the episode where we uh, of the clone wars where we uh are met or i'm sorry are introduced uh, to gunji and his group of friends and they had five or six different characters and they were all different species one was a human i think wikipedia lists the girl that's in that uh, katuni can't remember what they listed her as but it wasn't human even though she looked very human um but yeah yana had something very mystical about her. And as we know, there's a lot of different types of force sensitive people out there, as you referenced before. And why not her? I'm down with that.
1: Yeah, it kind of also reminded me of that episode of Rebels where, you know, Zeb finds the uh, two folks from his home planet and, you know, they had a little different take on the force. But it was all the same, so it kind of, you know, I, I thought it was really interesting, and yeah, I kind of got a very Ent vibe when they're talking, like, they're talking to the trees, and I really love Hunter, who's like, hey, if, you know, like, I would have lost money on the, you know, because, of course, that that phrase that came up in the trailer, you know, we'd all, we need all the allies we can get, and I was like, really, I would have lost money on that's what he was referring to. But I love the fact, like I said, they're pretty much on board with it. And, you know, it's us that are kind of like going, what, what's, what's going on? They're just kind of like, yeah, we, we kind of, we kind of know this. And uh, it kind of made that, you know, go down really nice and smooth. And it kind of got you right into the action. So uh, definitely. Alrighty. But yes, I I do think that there is a little something there in her. It's just something else. I loved how she was communicating and she could kind of, you know, just kind of, mind meld, for lack of a better word, or at least be incredibly attuned to what the other is thinking or things about them. All right. I think we have time for a couple more questions. I am curious if what you still have on your list.
0: Well, it's interesting because I, I had a total of six questions and I'm looking nice. over the list at, at right now. And let's see, one, two, three, four of the six are actually Kashik wookiee based we talked about the trees and and i had a i had a question about the trees and did we know that they could communicate with trees again uh, this would be a good question for dr cass and the ion cannon in his name um (laughs) maybe there's a comic out there or a novel i've read um some star wars books but i'm not an avid star wars book reader and i know that they do a great job of filling in filling in the gaps. Uh so you know that one. What was the Empire doing there? I know that, that Kashyyyk has a very big I'm just gonna group all these into one and we'll talk about Kashik. That's what that's what I'm doing Fair here. I um I know that the Empire had a devastating presence on Kashyyyk. I don't know the details of what they did. I, I know that, you know, obviously the Wookiees were very negatively affected by them. Um, but it seemed like they were almost um hiring out the work to the Trandoshans that were there. Uh, and then the last Kashyyyk-related thought I have is one of the Trandoshans mentioned that they were smashing the stones, or what do we do with these stones, these yes. carved stones? And he was told, smash them to dust or something like that. What are these stones and why do they need to destroy them? What's the point of that? I can understand that they want to maybe try to um take the resources from the planet, but they didn't seem to be doing that. They were just burning stuff and smashing stuff. So what's that about? Thank you. And that did kind of does
1: kind of take a couple of my questions off the table because I was trying to figure out what were the Trandosian's real purpose on Kashyyyk. Now, obviously later on the episode Hunter does say like they're there, you know, gathering resources, but yes, they they're what you know, I would have expected more heavy equipment. The this was just you know, I, I was trying to figure out like they looked more like a hunter or like a poaching team more than you know, uh, gatherers for them. And Trandosians. You, you would have expected, you know, another another maybe another race that's more into mining or you know excavating rather than these folks. And and I was still trying to figure out. And then you know, who were they? Who you know who was who were they really working for at that point? Because there's only a few clones. So yeah. um, I love the fact that, you know, when that, that line, when they talk about, you know, really the, the planet belongs to the trees, which I thought was really kind of cool. And I did like both times when they made it, they made an effort, you know, it's one thing to have a really cool flamethrower out there. It's another thing to go, there is a concern that we have to put out this forest fire. Um, So I, I really like that because it did show how much, you know, the trees do mean to Kashyyyk, you know, and the Wookiees and, you know, you know, good on Omega for, hey, you know, we've got to really put this stuff out. But yeah, I, I, I just, I didn't get that. You know, it's like, we kind of know that, uh, you know, the Empire did take a lot of Wookiees as, and used them as slave labor. But in this yep. case, you know, it didn't really seem like, by, by farming it out, it all kind of also kind of reminds you of, you know, the corporate entity in Andor, where in some cases they farmed this work out, or these these areas out to it didn't really necessarily seem like there was the presence that i would have expected i would have expected a heavy imperial presence in this case not only very few imperials uh they're clones right so yeah i i I did not get that and that's why i kept the whole time going man you guys need to kind of keep this down because they got to and you know not even capital ships in the in the in the in the solar system there that they yeah. had to worry about. They got in and out. So I, I was kind of curious what you thought about the the, pre, the Imperial presence there.
0: Well, first it was interesting that they use Trandoshans because I always just sort of equate them with the muscle, right? They're just mm-hmm. there to inflict pain. Um, they strike fear because of their, well, their look, first of all, and that creepy way that they talk, uh, but also because of the violence that they yes. that they participate in. Uh, so for them to be there doing anything for the empire was immediately a concern and like we've said they're not stripping them of resources they're not doing they're not looking for artifacts they're not looking for anything that's going to have value it almost seemed like they were just there to try to smoke out these to capture or kill them which is a just a terrifying thought right and and I don't, like I said, I don't know what exactly the Empire did to Kashyyyk besides enslave a bunch of Wookiees like you mentioned. Um, So maybe that's what they just were there to do and maybe smashing these stones... They knew would get a reaction or anger the Wookiees, and they would be coming out of their places so that they could capture them. I don't. I'm. That's a big, a big guess on my, uh, my part because they didn't give us anything really more to go on. But yeah, it just looked like they were there to to burn down things and and capture or kill Wookiees, which is just so disturbing to me. And then the whole other angle with you brought up the fact that now we know that they were doing damage to some sort of sentient being with the trees makes it even worse holy smokes (laughs) that is just sad sad and scary thought um one other point about the the trees i thought was interesting i I wanted to know what this plan was right because we mentioned the lord of the rings or narnia and that kind of stuff they said the the trees have the have this plan i thought it was such a smart way of resolving that with the spiders <laughs> that they were that they introduced and creepy star wars has the creepiest spiders um but the way that they resolved that whole the trees have a plan thing i thought was just very smart because they they showed us the spiders beforehand then they brought them back to resolve that plot point which i thought was just really fun and smart writing
1: and also I thought a little dark too, you know, it's, it's one of those things where we've had some, you know, we've had some sort of lighter episodes. This was a little dark, especially, you know, when the leader, the, 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 the Trandoshan leader is like whisked away and you hear the <laughs> screams as Omega and, and Gunji kind of back to there. And you're like, Hey, wait a minute. There is, there is a screaming being that, that, you know, we're, I guess we're not going to find out it's going to happen off camera, but you're like, okay, I guess what he got, he got what he deserved but i thought this it was an interesting dark turn and maybe we are kind of turning the corner when it's going to start getting some going to get real here um as it kind of goes but yeah i was the, the tone of the, the tone was kind of interesting, you know, just even, you know, we've had discussions about, you know, uh, them using stun there. There was no stun, you know, they were really nope. going to town and not, <laughs> yeah. uh, not too many prisoners were taken during this. So we lost some wikis. We lost some Trandoshans, uh, clones and whatnot. Uh, there, there was, there was a body count. Uh, I think podcast stardust, I think sometimes does a death count. Uh, do they? Used to do. <laughs> so I'd be kind of curious at the end, of, at the end of theirs, um, or some of the other podcasts we'll listen to. Is anyone going to do a discount? count um, at, at, any, at any rate? Um, all right. I think I've got one more question here. Um, <laughs> this is, it, you know, it's kind of funny. We've kind of turned full circle, right? We went from a group of mercenaries to, or, you know, like, this clone force 99 that we're a special, special mission and you know, special ops. And they kind of got turned into mercenaries. Uh, it seems like we may be turning the corner because, you know, for missions and so forth, we're kind of o for three. If you're, if you're counting the last three episodes, is this the point where Hunter realizes they are better at doing this freedom fighting business than working for Sid, uh, because it seems like they were really in on the plan to help the Wookiees out. What do
0: you think? It's it's a perfect question because it really ties into the only question I had left, which was um, how much longer is Echo going to hold out mm-hmm. just doing these missions? Because he made a point of saying something about helping again. And there he was. He was one of the advocates to help gunji So yeah, I'm on board with you too, Greg. They, they have become very bad at completing <laughs> these missions. <laughs> and maybe that's just what Hunter needs. Another thing that the episode did, to your point, was hunter again mentioned i think twice that omega is just a child he Mm -hmm. brought up the the childhood aspect and then he also said to yana at the end there when um gunji and and omega are there by the tree uh wherever we end up i just hope it's very far from the war so it seems like hunter really doesn't want to be around this conflict So maybe that's how he's justifying himself doing these missions because in his mind, he's not a part of the conflict. But I really think they're making a point of Echo being this voice of, no, we need to help. We can't just be out for ourselves. We need to help. And I think that Omega would back him up on that. I would be interested to see what I think tech will do, whatever is logical. Mm-hmm. I think whatever he thinks is most logical. And I think Reckers is just going to go wherever Omega goes. Cause you know, he just adores the little one. Um, but yeah, it's that is to me, the running theme throughout the six episodes we've gotten is how much longer are they going to continue doing what they're really not meant to do and how, what is it going to take to get them into the fight to help in whatever way, shape or form that's going to look like.
1: Exactly. And, you know, as we get ready for episode seven next week, the clone conspiracy, you know, you start to think like, well, we've seen, you know, Captain, we've seen Rex out there, uh, you know, seen Commander Cody, you know, we really, they're they're, they're turning this ship, albeit, you know, it could be a little slowly, but you are seeing the pieces put in there. And I, I did like the fact that Hunter was a little more for it. There wasn't a whole lot of, you know, that they had to convince him. Everybody was like really in on it. And I think that kind of helped with the fact that they had been there before, as opposed to if they hadn't been on Kashyyyk, it might've been a tougher sell for Echo, but everybody was pretty much on board with it. And so, yeah, I, I I'd be curious now after, you know, blowing a couple of these and we haven't seen, you know, Sid for a couple episodes. Um, we haven't seen Crosshair either, uh, which is kind of interesting. I'll, everyone just kind of makes me more and more curious what we're going to see next um at at any rate um all right i think the last the last question i've got to ask you sir uh and i think i think you were were you the one responsible for this like how many pringles cans are you going to give the episode and have you thought about waiting for tonight
0: I wish that I was responsible for the Pringles cans, but I think that that was tied into Doctor Cass's obsession with finding Star right. Wars Pringles cans. Either way, I think it's so fantastic. I love that rating system; <laughs> it's so wonderful. Um, eight. I'll give this mm-hmm. an, a solid eight. Um, you know, great. I don't know if you guys do half of the Pringle cans, but I would even go, you know, uh, eight and a half, just because it, it, it highlighted one of the things. That I love most about this show, which is, I feel like it is a true continuation of the Clone Wars, Be- and and episode after episode we get to see that that is the case. And we got Gunji in this, and it and, and I really love that whole arc with the gathering and the and the younglings turning to Padawans with their lightsabers and Professor Hu Yang, and then Ahsoka gets involved when the pirates come in. Uh, Hondo is involved in that arc. It's just such a fun arc from the Clone Wars. And when I, whenever I would watch the Clone Wars, I would constantly have the, this question in the back of my mind, which was, what's going to happen to these characters? <laughs> what is going to happen to these characters that we're watching? And the fact that we got to see what happened with Gunji is just really, really wonderful to me. Uh, it had everything that I love. Wrecker's my boy. Love Wrecker. He always constantly makes me giggle. The action was good. Um, you know, it had everything that I love about the Bad Batch, but that that Gungie reference and tying it back to the Clone Wars will we'll bump that to a, 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 an eight and a half Pringles cans for me. That's
1: that's a good that's a good rating. Yeah, I was I was thinking about eight Pringles cans myself. I liked I, I love the background. I love going back to Kashyyyk. I love you know bringing in, you know, Gungie and seeing a little more of the of the Wookiee culture. Um, I, you know, hold back maybe a couple of Pringles because I know that we are just on the precipice of this stuff, really getting, you know, getting crazy. And so I think we've got some amazing episodes coming up that I cannot wait to get into. Uh, but I would say a very solid eight, eight Pringle scans. I probably say, uh, Greg's probably, Greg has is probably in that, in that neighborhood as well. I'll be very curious, uh, when I talk to him, um, probably on the next episode uh, what he had to say about this episode as we kind of do our um, our kind of a recap on it Um, Colby I want to thank you for joining me tonight yeah like I said this was this was going to be kind of a quick and dirty one but I would like to know um, if folks want to hear more about you and the Colby cast where can they find you all online
0: Yeah, check out the Colby cast. It's spelled just like it sounds. Uh, My name is Colby, C-O-L-B-Y. So just look for the Colby cast on Twitter, Instagram. I'm on Hive. And actually, right now, I just started um, a giveaway, a week's long giveaway, giving away a couple of... um, Yeah, a little. I got a T-shirt, a Grogu T-shirt, some bandanas, and a cool uh, enamel pin of Han Solo in carbonite. And I just figured, hey, you know, we're a month away from Mando Season 3, so I'm going to do some giveaways this month. So check it out. That currently is running on Instagram, so if you want to check it out on Instagram, you can uh, like, follow, and and tag a friend, and you'll get entered into that. And I'm going to choose a winner next Tuesday, and I'll send you some fun stuff. And then I'll start another giveaway. I'm trying to do it throughout the month of, of February getting ready for mando so by all means check us out and we're on all the pod catchers uh just look for us at the colby cast
1: that's awesome great uh, great on you for doing that giveaway and how fun is that um you know while you're giving stuff away i'm trying to get get through as many waffles as i can so that <laughs> shows you You know, that's my lack of foresight into getting ready for Mando. I get ready for Mando uh, by going to town on waffles. Uh, You're sitting there just giving away some excellent swag. Uh, I could learn a couple. We all celebrate in our own ways. In our own way. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Um, And, of course, you can find uh, Greg Cass, uh, my normal co-host, on Instagram at Hive, at Ion Cannon. And then, of course, he's doing that podcast. um, so, So he's doing the... Shoot here. I was going to give him a plug in and I forgot what he was. He was uh, talking about. Uh, he does the with the wheel of time podcast um, through the is, glass window. Thank you. Whoo! See, that's why I need a co-host. Cause I just write. <laughs> uh, but I know that they're in book two right now. So I, I don't know how he does it. Uh, busy guy. Just like you uh, just ingesting all this stuff. He's still, he's still doing his uh, Oscar movie hunt. Um, I can barely watch one TV show, let alone uh, try to ingest all that. Uh, <laughs> Uh, But at at any rate, all right, I would love to have this go longer, but I am overdue for picking up the wife from work. Um, But then we'd actually have to do some real work. Um, Colby, you and I have other longer shows to listen, to record. I'm hoping to maybe sneak you into the uh, podcast day recording. I can't remember who signed up for that or not on the thread. Uh, Were you going to be available for that?
0: I'm going to double check my schedule and definitely let you know.
1: All right, yeah, we'll see you in the thread. We um, podcast day is coming up on Tuesday, February seventh. Uh, I was trying to line up some guests to uh, talk to that and uh, throw a big Zoom call in. Uh, it should be a gas. Whoever gets on board on that call, so um, we'll just say that's a, a another another uh, backdoor invite for you. So there we go. Um, but love it. But Greg and I hopefully will be back after episode seven, of the Clone Conspiracy, with more questions. We hope somebody answers, and I think we have. Have a special guest for that one as well uh if i don't have my dates wrong eh? <laughs> i can't no, it's it's a crazy night but we do have some special guests coming up that i'm excited to uh, talk about when the time comes all right so for colby Greg, cast and myself i want to thank you for listening but for now breakfast is over we're going to return you to your star wars podcast playlist already in progress this podcast is not affiliated in any way with tops disney or star wars nor is it endorsed by Disney or Lucasfilm, and is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All names and sounds, and any other related items, are properties of their respective trademarks and or copyright holders here in the U.S. and abroad. The official Star Wars website can be found at www.starwars.com.